Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking everything going on in the world of sports. Join in the conversation on social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome back for another edition of the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. What is going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us this week. My name is Ken M. Joining me in the studio, as always, you know him. He is the co-host. His name is Padawan J. You know, I got to say, I really enjoy the plants that are in our studio right now. Uh, they're very great, uh, despite what Dave Meltzer uh, might say. Yes, indeed. We're going to give a quick round of applause for him. Quick round of applause. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for the studio audiences in here today. And conspicuous by his absence, it is your coach. It is my coach. It is the coach, Coach Duffy. He's looking to challenge uh, one Matt Cardona for that GCW title. Yes, he is. Which rep coach. Yes. If you did not catch GCW homecoming this weekend, I am giving you my highest possible recommendation. Go to fight TV, go get the replay. It is well worth the time. It was a fantastic card. Both nights Our guys over at six Oh seven podcast TWS and three fat nerds were in the house. Rich and diesel were there and we are going to go full deep diving on this week's six Oh seven TWS on Twitch Thursday night when you're listening to this. So make sure you're dropping a follow there. But for this edition of the ODPH, we are talking some sports. So we definitely want to be interacting with you. So definitely swing on over to odphpodcast.com. Join in the conversation on social media, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Podchaser. Drop a five-star review while you're there. TikTok, you name it, we're there. And always remember to use the hashtag ODPHpod because this was a crazy week in sports. Yeah, just a little bit. And kicking off the show, we got to break down the – Never-ending saga in Green Bay might have finally ended, dot, 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 question mark? Uh, It ain't ended. This ain't over yet. It's just you hit the pause button on it. Break it down for us, Pat. So uh, Adam Schefter came out uh, yesterday as we record with the head, with a bit of a breaking news that Aaron Rodgers was breaking off his silence, breaking off his, I don't know what you want to call it, disagreement, uh, kerfuffle, mm-hmm. uh, with the Green Bay Packers in their front office and would be playing this year. And everyone, including myself, went, all right. It ain't that easy. There's got to be a list of stipulations about a mile, about as long as a CVS receipt. Uh, what are these? So reading from an article on ESPN.com, courtesy of one Adam Schefter, it reads, quote, to ensure the return of their reigning NFL MVP quarterback, the Packers now are offering concessions to try to persuade Aaron Rodgers to return to Green Bay for at least one more season per league sources. Over the past weekend, the two sides were able to reach mutually agreed-upon terms that are close to persuading Rodgers to abandon plans he had to skip training camp and instead return for it. It is not done yet, but according to multiple reports, Rodgers has arrived in Green Bay. Both sides are hoping to finalize the agreement shortly, per sources. The agreement, in principle, would include an approximation of the following conditions that the two sides are now finalizing to alleviate and address some of Rogers' issues before the opening of Tuesday's training camp. 1. The 2023 year in Rogers' contract, the last one in his current deal, would be voided with no tags allowed in the future. 2. The Packers would agree to review Rogers' situation at the end of the season. 3. Rodgers' contract would be adjusted with no loss of income to give the Packers more cap room now. Four, mechanisms will be put in place to address Rodgers' issues with the team. 
If Packers officials sign off with their willingness to trade Rodgers and the agreement is finalized soon, here's the biggest concession uh, the reigning MVP will receive, the freedom to decide where he wants to play in 2022. The Packers' agreement to review the situation after the season implies that the team will trade Rodgers if he still feels the way he has about the Packers' culture and decision-making. As long as the above conditions are met, and the two sides are trying to finalize them before the camp opened Tuesday, Rodgers would be would return for his 17th NFL season, a feat no Packers quarterback, including Bart Starr and Brett Favre, has accomplished. Wild scenario on this, but uh-huh. there is a lot to digest with this. Well, first and foremost, the way I read this is this is smart for all parties involved. Let's just get through yes. the season. And then after that, we're going to start the cycle up again, it seems uh-huh. like. And I don't know exactly if one side is going to give before then or not. No. That, that's the one place we got to see because obviously winning is the band aid to all wounds. Yeah. If the Packers go on a great win streak, they clinch the AFC North, this story will get very quiet. If the team struggles for whatever reason, barring any injuries yeah. or anything that is out of their control, like let's just say they're playing poorly, yeah, then this is going to start heating up again. But I think it's very well worded for the contract that they're going to give it one last shot, and if it doesn't work, mm-hmm. then both sides have a chance to explore. And I think this almost gives, in my opinion, the Green Bay front office a way out if they really want to pull the trigger about getting Jordan Love in there. Yeah. Which, to me, is just a little crazy mm-hmm. that we're going to do all this song and dance. Again. Again. And then go back to where we were, and look how toxic it's been for, uh-huh. that, for the culture you're trying to build there. Uh-huh. Because if you want to try bringing Devontae Adams back, yeah, you know he's waiting to see what Rodgers is doing. Rodgers is the is the entire pin that is going to break everything here. Yep. So wherever he does, he's the one that's in full control. Well, say if, if for those of you who are familiar uh, with the game Kerplunk, uh, mm-hmm. Rodgers is the little stick in Kerplunk that, like, if you pull that stick out. All the marbles are falling through to the bottom of the little s- cylinder there. Like, it, it's not a good situation, even though I know Packers fans are excited and they're thrilled and they're over the moon and you, you have every right to be because Jordan Love ain't no Aaron Rodgers, at least at this point. Who knows? But, you know, they say time heals all wounds and, you know, let cooler heads prevail. Will that happen? I don't know. You know, I don't know anyone in the front office of the Green Bay Packers, so I can't really speak for that. I don't know Aaron Rodgers or how he thinks or what is in his mind right now. You know, to what you said, though, winning is the Band-Aid that fixes everything. That is normally true, but I think in this instance, them winning a title only gets them maybe 50% of the way there. That that it helps, and it's it's a great feeling, but at the end of the day, unless things change... Rogers' issues are still there. You know, it's kicking the can down the road. It's just, you know, delaying the inevitable. Mm-hmm. That it's great. It's awesome. It'll make him feel really good. It'll put him on a high, you know, if he's on his honeymoon by the time with, with Shailene Woodley, by the time, you know, the Super Bowl's over and done with. You know, mm-hmm. he'll feel really good. But at the end of the day, his issues are still there. So it don't mean squat, really. Well, I mean, that's going to be the ultimate question is, how far are we going to go with the scenario? Mm-hmm. At least for the immediate future, short term, this is a win-win for everybody. Oh yeah, because barring, like you said, any sort of injuries to Devonte Adams or Rodgers or you know anybody on that offense or defense, they they should make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, because you look at it, you know, with the NFC North 
really, is there anybody even coming close to them? Not, not in my eyes. Not necessarily. I mean, the Vikings will hang with them. I mean, oh, that, yeah, they always do. That's their immediate competition for the NFC North. The Lions, I mean, honestly, you don't know what you're going to get there. No, oh, yeah. And, and especially with Jared Goffley in that yeah. offense, like that's going to be a big transition point. So who knows? And with the Bears, they're in a rebuilding mode. It That one is the biggest question mark in that entire division for me. Yeah. So for the NFC North, and I apologize if I said AFC earlier, but this is just kind of some wild scenario that is happening with Green Bay that they're pretty much in the driver's seat. They control their own destiny. But at the end of the day, when the smoke all clears of this season, mm-hmm. Rodgers has to feel comfortable with the situation with the front office. We know he hasn't felt that way with the GM. No. That's, that's basically been all but said out we'll loud. Sticking point number one. Yeah. So with that in tow, they have to really make sure that they have changed a culture that really got toxic. At uh-huh. least perception is reality, folks. Yeah. You, you can't deny this. Yeah. It appears that things got so toxic that you're going to get rid of your star franchise quarterback well, who is beloved. Beloved in that city, won a Super Bowl, won at least one MVP, probably a couple MVPs. I forget. I don't have it in front of me. You know, first ballot Hall of Famer, going to have all sorts of records by the time his career is said and done with, that he wants out and and badly. That, like, this feels like a li- at least a little differently, but it feels like history repeating itself with Favre, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of years ago. Now, obviously, you know, Rodgers was going to take over and Favre didn't want that and he wanted out. And, and it, it appears like that, but with like a different twist to it. And it also appears that Rodgers has learned from that scenario because he's almost in the same scenario. It feels like Favre was in, but he wanted to go to the Vikings, remember? Mm-hmm. And they went, no, 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 no. You're not going to our division rival. You're going to the Jets, you know, and they send him to the Jets. It feels like Rodgers might have learned from that situation and gone, uh, let me negotiate this a little better. Well, I think he definitely did. I think if you remember when that scenario happened and how unheard of, that trade demand was that trade demand was wild. That trade demand that trade forced EA Sports to uh, put a printable Madden cover on their website because Favre was on the cover of Madden that year in his Green Bay Packer uniform. Mm-hmm. So with that whole nonsense, I'm sure Rodgers has sat back and learned, and especially I think he knows what impact he has to the team and the fans. Yeah, and I think that he knows that he can make something happen here. I mean, the ultimate blinking competition between them and the, him and the GM. That's a whole other ball of wax. Uh-huh. But I think he knows that, okay, you've appeased my demand so far, but let me see where we can go from here. Because if you're not going to build a contender around me, you've now basically smoothed out everything for me to go somewhere. And he hasn't said he wants to go play for a division rival. I don't think he would. I think if anything, if, and I want to stress this, Packer fans, if anything, he will get sent to the AFC. You're not going to see him in the NFC. I think the Packers will do exactly what they did last time if they have to move them. Packers, from what it sounds like, Packers may not have much of a choice in this just because you go back to what the article said from Adam Schefter where it says, uh, as long as the above conditions are met and the two sides were trying to finalize them before camp opened on thir- uh, Tuesday, Rodgers would return. Da, 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 da. But there was the bit about, you know, uh, Rodgers would, would be able to pick where he plays in 2022 and the Packers would trade him there. So it... And let's face it, Rodgers is in the driving seat here because would he love to stay in Green Bay if things change? Yes, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he would. I'm sure he'd love to be on that kind of pantheon of, of athletes who have stayed with one team for their entire NFL career. Because let's face it, it's a short list these days, you know. But at the same time, if that is not able to happen, 
there are 31 teams in the NFL who would love to have his services right now. Right. But I think even though they said they're going to move him to anywhere he wants to go, they're not going to send him to division. There's no, I, I, I just don't see it. Like, I think they'd come to a happy compromise. Yeah. But the Packers won't look like the bad guys here. That's the overall bottom line. Because if Rodgers demands a trade, well, he's the one that wants to leave. We want to keep him here. Right. That's kind of how the narrative is painting to me. Sure. So that's why I say Rodgers is the domino that affects everybody here. He's the straw that stirs a drink. Exactly. But he's earned that right because of what oh, yeah. he's done on the field. So you can't take that away from him. But he's not made it so much about him where it's become toxic per se, like he isn't uh, responsible for a hundred percent of this. No, I mean, he's definitely, you know, started the spin cycle on this whole oh, thing. Oh yeah, sure. But he's, he's just kind of like started the spin cycle on this whole thing and then kind of took, taking a step back just because he's not out there every day posting tweets and dirty stories and dirty laundry and this, and he's just set his piece and he's taken a step back. Yeah. Which is the smart thing to do. I wish more athletes would learn from this Yeah, because this will get him a lot further. And like I say, whether you love the deal or you hate it, it's a smart move to do for bringing him back short term because you cannot go into a season God, no. this late God, no. and have Jordan Love, who, let's face it, is not ready. I don't care what you want to try spinning on that. Oh, so you want an example of what doing that scenario would be like? Cam Newton with the Patriots last year. Yeah. Great, good quarterback, did not have enough time to prep for the season and playbook and the whole nine, and look what happened. Jordan Love, nowhere near that level. Yeah, we don't know if he's even going to be the guy. I mean, it is just facts. When somebody's drafted, it doesn't mean that they're going to be a bona fide hit coming out the gate. Yeah. And this is something we don't know with Love. He's a very big X factor. Sure, could he be the next guy? Maybe. Yeah. There's been a thousand of those, though. But when you're in a position to win now, and considering how far they went last season, the Packers know that they can't hit the reset button just yet. Right, and especially when you're dealing with a city and a franchise and a fan base where losing seasons are not really accepted. That, like, it's win or nothing. That, you know... They don't really handle losing seasons well. That it's like they want to win and they expect to win now. Well, that's the whole point. I mean, they built that culture up in Green Bay that they have been such a dominant force for years now, uh, decades. Yeah, I mean, you take a look when they had Favre take the reins and now with passing the baton to Rodgers. Yeah. Now it's basically we've had a great quarterback for decades now. Yeah. Where do we, we can't so you've had, you've had two quarterbacks for essentially the last like three decades. Yeah. So you can't exactly hit the reset button right now, even though if they did, Yo. well, it would be bad, but let's face it. Chicago going in with a rookie quarterback, mm-hmm. Detroit. Listen, jury is still out on Jared Goff. Facts. Sorry. I'd like, if you want to try spinning it some other way, go right ahead. Facts. But you're talking about a quarterback coming into a whole different system. Mm-hmm. And then the Vikings. <sighs> Look. Who the hell knows? Exactly. You can't say they're going to be a lock to run away with that division. If they play up to their potential, absolutely they could. The only thing certain with the Vikings is hand the ball off and hand it off a lot. Exactly. That's the safest bet they could do up there because you never know what you're going to get out of their offense. Yeah. Sorry. This is what it is. But for the Packers, they've always had the sure hand at quarterback. Mm-hmm. And especially we have seen... Aaron Rodgers will win you games by himself that he shouldn't. I'll say hello. That what was it Thursday night game against Detroit in Detroit where he heaved a hail mary from the other side of the fifty. Mm-hmm. Yo, I'm even remembering that game on Sunday night where he should have been taken out of the game against Chicago. Oh, oh yeah, he, yeah. It was the, it was the it Bears. Was, it was the Bears game. It was the opener. Yep. It, it was the or it was the Sunday night opener. You know, not the Thursday night game, but the, the Sunday night opener. And Rodgers was actually out for a portion of that game. Came back, won the game, and then. 
uh, what was it, Susie Calber or whoever was on the sidelines when they're interviewing him, and everyone's like, you are hyped up on Mets right now. Yeah, he should definitely not have been on the field. Sorry, you can't tell me otherwise. But he will win you games. That's how good he is. So you have to give the devil his due there. I mean, and the guy commands a certain amount of respect. You know, oh, absolutely. Like I mentioned, Super Bowl champ, Super Bowl MVP, three-time MVP, three-time uh, first-team All-Pro, one-time second-team All-Pro, nine-time Pro Bowl winner, uh, three times he was the NFL's passer rating leader, two times he was the passing touchdowns leader, uh, one time he was the completion percentage leader, you know, a member of the 2010 All-Decade Team, mm-hmm. Associated Press Athlete of the Year, uh, Burt Bell Award in 2011, and just some of the records he has. Uh, in 2011, he had a 122.5 passer rating. Uh, he had the lowest in interception percentage in 2018 of 0.3, 402 consecutive passes without an interception. Uh, f- he was the fastest quarterback to a 400 career passing touchdowns in only 193 games. Mm. Most seasons with 35 plus touchdown patches passes most seasons with 40 plus total touchdowns most seasons with 40 plus touchdown passes most seasons with 45 plus touchdown passes and then the most seasons with 120 plus passer rating yo and oh by the way it's been added to his wikipedia page he's an nba champion yes this is fact he is an owner uh minority owner of the milwaukee bucks yeah and his like his stats are just absurd his he's got 412 touchdowns 89 interceptions like what the fuck yeah I honestly forget he is a partial owner of the yeah. Milwaukee Bucks. Like, I forgot what the percentage because I know he's not the majority owner. But still, it's enough. It's enough that he is a champion. <laughs> if he wants to focus his attention there, he could. But we're talking football with him, and that is the craziest thing. With the pedigree that he has, it is absolutely wild to think that it's gotten to this point in Green Bay. So let, let's talk hypotheticals. Say season goes what does whatever it does. And after the season, things have not changed, and Rodgers wants out. Where do you see him going? Denver. Okay, Denver make a lot of sense because I'm look. I'm looking at the the breakdown of the conferences here. AFC East, Jets. Maybe I don't know. Like Jets certainly need a quarterback, and then I know they just got. Um, they got the kid from BYU. They got the kid from BYU. So you can't tell me that if Aaron Rodgers was available and they could make a trade for it, and the Packers were okay with it, you wouldn't tell that kid, hey. Sit for a few years behind Aaron Rodgers and learn and plug him in. So, mm. yeah, maybe. AFC North, I don't see him going anywhere in, the, in any of those teams. Houston, maybe. You know, given the current situation and the reports that you know they want to trade Watson out of there, maybe. Mm. Uh, Indianapolis, could see it end up. Could see him end up there. You never know. Uh, Tennessee, no. Jacksonville, no. They just got their guy. Uh, out West, like you mentioned, Denver, I could very much see that happening. Casey, well, they're set. Uh, yeah. Vegas, Probably not. And then the Chargers, they appear to be set. And then, like you said, with the West, I don't see him going anywhere in the NFC West. Uh, NFC South, New Orleans maybe. You know, New Orleans, they've got Jameis Winston. But, if, like I said, same thing with the Jets. You can't tell me if he's available and the Packers are willing to trade him to the Saints that the Saints wouldn't jump at that opportunity. Uh, Tampa Bay, well, they're set. NFC North. LOL, no. And then the NFC East is essentially set outside of maybe Washington. It is a tricky scenario. Like, I think the most logical place, if they're going to trade them, would be Denver. New England. No, you bite your tongue right now. It happened. No, no. Bring Devontae with you. Oh, you stop that nonsense right now. (laughs) No, but I could see Denver being uh, the top seed. Like, if I had to say lock, I would say lock. 
I would say this. New England is in the mix if it happens to. I think you have to look at every team that drafted a quarterback this season. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you have to say if Aaron Rodgers is available mm-hmm. and you're a team that is in a position to win now. Yeah. That has to be on the table. No matter who you have as a quarterback you drafted. Yeah. You have to think that. I know the Jets, it's too uncertain. I don't think he would go there. Yeah. New England, I would say, is a possibility. In all honesty, I, oh, yeah. I, I fully see that. Indianapolis, I think, could be a dark horse in this. They could, they could be. I think that would be a smart move on a lot of different fronts because they are going to be a team that I think is going to fly under the radar a little bit. Yeah. And I know I've seen some early pro- projections for wins. Sure. A lot of analysts, if you want to take that stuff seriously, sure. are saying they're going to tie Tennessee at the top of the division. Mm-hmm. Like, I've seen a couple of them. Now I'm going, well, maybe. But the, because they win very quietly. They're not yeah, flashy. They're but, not sexy. But if you get him there, and I'll even throw you one crazy one. Sure. Because, you know, I like to throw my insane leaps. Sure. Cleveland. Ooh. Hypothetically saying. Say if, if the uh, old Baker experiment is over and done with. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Depending how this season goes with Baker, and I'm I'm saying I think Baker still is the guy there because I think they finally figured out how to utilize him right. Yeah. But if you're telling me that if they still have that offensive unit there and Rodgers has a running game to actually run for him, mm-hmm. you're telling me with a two-year contract he would not say, let's go and take our chances? Yeah. That's why I say there's a lot of possibilities there if he wants to go. But it all depends on what they do in Green Bay Yeah, to say, hey, are we going to make sure we're making the proper adjustments to win now for me? Or do I need to go somewhere else to win? Because I can't keep going through the season yeah. where you're giving me no help and you're putting so much pressure on me to win because that's what the front office is doing. Yeah, it's, it's the definition of insanity, you know, doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. If Rodgers just went through this, you know, last year – He's giving them the benefit of the doubt, I guess you could say. He's mm-hmm. he's willing to give it another shot. It would be absolute insanity if nothing changes and it's the same results. And let's face it, it's no, they'll make the playoffs. That's a guarantee. It is no guarantee that they'll make it to the Super Bowl, unlike a couple of the last couple of years where they've been a near lock for people picking them to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. But with a certain Tom Brady down in Tampa Bay still there and returning every single player from that Super Bowl team, it's not a guarantee for him to make it to the to the Super Bowl. No, it's definitely not. And that's something that the GM and the president of the Packers need to realize. Oh, they they absolutely do. That entire front office needs to realize not just just winning a Super Bowl ain't going to fix it. It'll help. It'll but help, it, but, but it ain't going to fix it. You they need to take a serious look at what his issues are, what his his gripes are, and if there's any way for them to fix it, to fix it if they want to keep Rodgers around. Mm-hmm. They have to because if Rodgers wants to stay there, which, I mean, for all in- intents and purposes, he does. He's just asking them to get him help, which yeah. is not unheard of. No. And it makes a lot of sense because, let's face it, they don't exactly have the strongest running game, in my opinion. No. Their defense, we Suspect. saw get exposed a little bit in those playoffs. Suspect. So if they're not doing anything to address those needs, where are we going with them? Yeah. And that's something that the front office needs to at least give the indication, okay, we're going to go this route. Yeah, and, and, the, and the front office can't turn around if Rodgers decides to leave. They can't turn around and gripe because he gave you all the, he's given you all the time in the world and he's given you a list of what his issues are mm-hmm. and what he wants changed. You can't turn around and go, oh, we didn't know what to do. 
No, exactly. No, he's given him enough fair chances to turn this thing around. That if he leaves, I know the perception will be, well, we gave him the option. He wants they're to gonna go. Tr- they're going to try spinning it. And oh, they'll some, spin it. Some people will, will drink that Kool-Aid, but I think the majority of people will be like, yeah, we see through that bullshit. And they should because this is Rodgers giving one last chance and then he's going to make an ultimate decision for himself. And he's earned that right to do it. Oh, you, absolutely. You can't argue that absolutely. at all. He's definitely called that shot. So... It is going to be interesting to see what happens, and barring any injuries, when we get to week 18, that is so weird to be saying. Uh I want to just throw that out there. The Packers are going to have a lot of questions get brought back up. Have they done enough to turn the culture around? Have they made Aaron Rodgers happy? And for Rodgers, are you happy in the direction you're going in? And then where do we go from here with you for the future? A trip to the AFC is not out of the question. No. I'm going to say that right now. I think he stays overall. But that front office needs to make some moves or give that indication we're going to be upgrading very, very soon. On the flip side, though, we did catch wind that not everybody's so happy in Arizona. Yeah, so uh, one Chandler Jones, uh, formerly of the New England Patriots, formerly of the 607 area here, mm-hmm. has demanded it, uh, has asked for a trade, which is very surprising, seeing as how he's flourished out there. You know, I don't have his stats in front of me. He's been very good, coming off an injury last year, I believe. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and he wants out of Arizona. And, th- and that, that's very surprising to me, given how good that offense was, you know, especially last year. Now you've got the addition of uh, J.J. Watt on that defense. You know, which it seemed like for what Chandler was, because I follow, and again, I follow him on Instagram because, hey, he's from our area. You mm-hmm. know, he was a couple years behind me in high school. Yeah. I walked the same the hallways as him. Um, you know, it was very surprising, especially seeing as at least what he had shared on Instagram from his direct messages with J.J. Watt. He seemed very integral and at least a very big part of bringing J.J. to uh, Arizona. Yeah, this is very puzzling. I don't get this move at all. Come back to New England. Oh, you stop that. No karma goes to you for that. None. For Arizona, they're a team on the rise. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're a team that is a few players away from really being a force to reckon with for years yeah, to come. They can definitely make some noise this year, and then they can absolutely make a run in the playoffs. But to me, it would be a Cinderella-type run where eventually that clock's going to hit midnight, and I don't see them winning the whole thing. You would think so. I mean, they obviously need to get some better production out of their running game. That's yeah. something that hurts them tremendously. I mean, it Kyler has Mur- for years. Yeah, but Kyler Murray is doing everything he can. He's making some magic happen. But they come in that situation where... Especially with Hail Mary throws. Yeah, I mean, it's just something absolutely wild with that. I know, and I, I give it the devil his due. I mean, three Bills defenders should have knocked that ball down. Uh-huh. Never forget that. So, there's a reason every fan yells that in the middle of a Hail Mary at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Thank God I don't have TikTok on me when I'm watching those games because I was screaming that as well. But that's one thing that Kyler Murray has been able to do. He's almost been like a cardiac kid where he's been able to come back from behind so many times. You don't want to be in that position. But for Chandler, it is puzzling that he wants out because he's been extremely productive in Arizona. You add J.J. Watt one of the most coveted free agents of all of football to your team. And it seems like everything's going in the right direction to really make a playoff run, especially in an extremely competitive NFC West. Yeah. Why do you want out? This I just don't have a clear-cut answer for. Yeah, no, I mean, I pulled up his stats. Uh, so from the time he left New England, uh, his first year with Arizona in 2016, he had 11 sacks mm-hmm. that season. 2017, he had 17 sacks uh, that that season uh and then 2018 he had 13 sacks 2019 he had 19 sacks yeah 
Uh, and then 2020, uh, he obviously, he played a few games when he got hurt and missed uh, the majority of that year with, I believe, it was a bicep injury. I believe so, too. You know, so he's had a, you know, and especially you, you look at his first year in New England where, you know, he played 14 games. He started in 13, six sacks. Uh, 2013, his sophomore year, he had 11 and a half sacks in starting and playing all 16 games. Uh, 2014, he had six sacks, although it looks like he was injured for part of the year because he only played in 10 games and he started eight of them. Uh, and then his last year in New England, 2015, he had 12 and a half sacks. So yeah. he's, he's absolutely flourished out there. I mean, I remember the one video from training camp where he was going to hit that, that tackle dummy, you know, on the metal bar thing and he broke the goddamn thing. Yeah. So this one, like I say, doesn't make a lot of sense right now. I don't know if it's a power play to get a really lucrative contract. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But to see him get out of there, it's like, do you see a landing destination for him right now? New England, other than New England. Um, I don't see. I don't know because defense. I'm a little more. Yeah, I don't. Uh, you know, a little more. What's the word? Um, not as knowledgeable on. Mm. You know. So, but there's a lot of teams though that if he becomes available, you know, and he is on the last. Yeah, you're right. It as a contract here. He's uh, he had signed a five year, eighty two and a half million dollar deal. <laughs> you want to know why New England got rid of him? That contract is why. New, yeah. New England don't pay that kind of money. This is true. Uh, he signed a five-year, $82.5 million deal that he is on the last year of. He's a unrestricted free agent after the season. So it's a, it's a money play, it's if a, nothing else. That's kind of the vibe I get from it because it just seems like why would you want to leave a, a contending team? And they are. I mean, Arizona is definitely – one of those teams that could surprise a lot, make a yeah. deep run in the playoffs, maybe oh, yeah. get to the yeah. Super Bowl. I mean, if he do, if they don't, he doesn't get traded, I can see him maybe going to uh, Seattle. Seattle, known for their defense, you know, could have a lot of fun up there. Yeah, if he doesn't get traded, I mean, they're not going to do an inner division. Uh, no, 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 I, no, no, no. You know what? As crazy as it sounds, I could see him coming to the AFC. Like, yeah, maybe Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh would make a lot of sense. I he, think. he could have a lot of fun in Pittsburgh. Yeah, it'd, it'd pain the hell out of me, you know, every year. But you know. Oh, I know. Or could you imagine if they actually put him with the Browns too and load up? That'd be wild. The Browns are stacked right now, though. No. So I say, like, if they're, I think one just, just one more player away from really being the team that will scare Kansas City. Chandler would be that piece, I would say. Yeah. I mean, you could always come to Buffalo. I wouldn't be mad about that. But there's so much with the NFL going on that the free agency talk is picking up. Obviously, training camps are kicking off this week. Yeah. So it's a fun time to be talking some football. And at least the big drama seems to have quieted for now in one area. For another team, is kicking and starting right now. But let us know what you think. Hit us up on that hashtag, hashtag ODPHpod. What is your thoughts about Aaron Rodgers reuniting in Lambeau for one more season? Question mark. And Chandler Jones wants out of Arizona. Where is this coming from, and where do you think he's going to go at the end of the season? Let's have the discussion, shall we? We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey there. I'm Chris from the Geek P Podcast here with my two co-hosts, Trent. What up? And Brandon. Yo, yo. Here at the Geek Peak, we strive to provide you the best content from all across the pop culture multiverse. Think of us as your content concierge, seeking out all the best movies, TV, games, and music to save your valuable time. We have a different adult beverage every week, and we like to keep things light and fresh, so come hang out with us. So check us out on all your favorite podcasting platforms. That's Geek Peak. Like a mountain! And check out our site at geekpeakpod.com. Coming back for another segment on this edition of the ODPH podcast, and let us talk some wrestling. Why don't we talk about some plants? Those are some lovely violets and uh, petunias. 
This is true. This is very, very true. Boy, and do I love me some plants. If you're not on Twitter and you're not finding out about everything that's going on with the follow from GCW Homecoming, get on there, follow them. They're fantastic. And just go down the rabbit hole that is the controversy about plants. And, and, the, and you'll hear more about it on this week's 607TWS. The only reason I keep bringing it up is because and you'll find out why it's so absurd. To me, it's the most absurd shit in the world. Oh, yeah. No, trust me. I don't want to give anything away from the show, but Rich is ready to go and address that situation. So definitely make sure you got that follow ready on twitch.tv slash 607 podcast because he is going to deep dive into it. But let's talk a little AEW, though. Sure. And this week, they have kind of dominated the headlines for a couple different reasons. Mm-hmm. One, though, or I should say two, rather. Yep. Big reasons they've been dominating is... Allegedly. Allegedly, they have signed Daniel Bryan yep. and CM Punk to their rosters. Allegedly. Allegedly. There is a lot of rumors going around about this. We haven't seen anything official. They haven't yep. hit anything on their social medias saying that they are all elite as they usually do when they do make a big signing like they just yeah, did oh, with yeah. Thunder Rosa. And congratulations to her. And Pat's Blue Ribbon. Yes. But this is something that definitely has a lot of fans talking. So, Pat, that being said, what is your thoughts? Let's go first. Daniel Bryan. I mean, it, it's a shame if he leaves and, and goes to AEW just for the sheer fact that I feel like that's a missed opportunity in for WWE that you could have brought him back. You could have had him finish out his career with them, go behind those scenes and really make a difference at that performance center and, and really train the next generation. But if, if, you know, I don't know the full story behind the scenes, you know, if he never got that opportunity, if they never even called him, you know, it could, it could be an impact Bobby Roode scenario yeah. where they let his contract go and they completely forgot to send out the paperwork to have him sign it. It could be a wild scenario, but, you know, if it's where he wanted to go, if it's where he, you know, if it's what he wanted to do, good for him. I'm all for it. You know, I'm never against, you know, saying somebody shouldn't do something if that's what they wanted to do. You know, hey, it's it's your choice. It's what you want to do for that with your career. Go for it. Yeah, this one is puzzling to me and a lot of friends, too. Daniel Bryan had become an emerging superstar in the WWE's eyes. Yeah. I mean, if you follow him on his indie career, he was already there. So we've already yeah. known about him being the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. So this move is very, very puzzling because we do know that he was looking at, I don't want to say taking a step back. I think that would be a proper word to say. Sure. From where he was doing on the WWE to kind of doing like, uh, you know, the, the, I don't want to say part, partial schedule. Partial schedule. Thank you. That's the kind of word I'm looking for. So to hear that there is rumors now that he is locked and loaded for AEW, uh, the initial reaction is surprised. Yeah. I would definitely have to say so because he had been so coveted as a superstar in WWE. Sure. To see him being one of the, uh, I don't want to say release superstars because that's not the right word. No. His contract. Well, his contract. His ended. contract just lapsed, and I think that yeah. to see him go somewhere else, that's the thing that's just not registering. Yeah, I mean, it's not a total surprise to me in the fact that, like, I don't think he's going there for the creative freedom to do whatever he wants, like certain former uh, WWE employees say. Mm-hmm. I think for him, it's more just an avenue of opportunity that it that it's kind of like I think he might end up in like that Moxley type of role where. Yeah, he's with AEW, and yeah, he's wrestling with AEW, but he has opportunities to go elsewhere. That like he's not so restricted to just like with WWE. Like you have to work WWE shows, you have to work WWE house shows, you have to get work WWE events, and if you want to work any events that aren't WWE, we have to approve you for them. That like he can kind of do his own thing, and he can kind of go his own way and kind of carve his own path again. 
Yeah, I mean, that's a definitely interesting point to do. I think that he is definitely wanting to go wrestle over in Japan. Yeah. I think that that's been something that he's been coveting more so than anything, really. Well, and you got to figure with as many or as few years as he left has left ahead of him, that's really got to be an itch he wants to scratch. Yeah, and, I mean, obviously there's a lot of matches he can make over there if he wants to go wrestle there. So it is kind of a wild scenario along with that. But to see him come to AEW, I mean, first and foremost, if he does sign with them, and we have to stress this, and I'm going to make this my whole point too. Sure. Until I see them, both CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, in an AEW ring, Mm -hmm. I am not buying this. Yeah, and and I know Tony Khan was in some of the other brass were in Chicago filming some promo work, you know, over the weekend, and people lost their shit because, oh, my God, they're getting ready to introduce CM Punk. They're filming stuff for CM Punk. Mm Mm-hmm. Slow down, folks. At least, like, three shows at the end of the year are going to be in Chicago. Like, I, I was reading online that, like, they're looking at making Chicago, like, how Jacksonville is kind of, like, their main hub. You know, they're, if they if to compare to WWE, mm-hmm. if Jacksonville is their Stamford, Connecticut, or excuse me, yeah, Jack, yeah Jacksonville is their Stamford, Connecticut, you know, uh, AEW is looking to make, from all, it, it sounds like Chicago, their New York for WWE. And that's smart. You know, so... They, like I said, they've got at least one episode of Dynamite from what I was reading that's going to take place uh, at the end of the year in Chicago. And then they've got All Out taking place in Chicago. Yes. So if so, in case you weren't aware, the arena there they use, the main arena where the Bulls play and, and, the, and the hockey team plays, it's a little busy. It's, a little, it's fairly uh, often used. If they got a free date where they can get everybody up there to film everything and just get it in the can and done with, they're going to do it. And it makes a ton of sense to do it there as well, too. Chicago is a very, very hot wrestling town. Oh, yeah. Uh, Passionate case, fan base. Case in point, look at the crowd when CM Punk show, uh, went into his match at Money in the Bank with Cena. Oh, absolutely. But if you want to talk to about the AEW effect. Sure. Remember All In. True. Was held Sold in Chicago. And what was it, like 30 minutes? Yeah. It was, Something it, crazy? It was insane. Now, obviously, back then, a lot of moving parts going on. Different circumstances, yeah. New Japan, Ring of Honor, yeah. NWA. First time it had been done. Yeah. So that you have to kind of put an asterisk by that. But that crowd has always been hot for wrestling action. Oh, yeah. And AEW, say what we will about the storylines, because I can say a lot. But in between the ropes... I don't have an issue except maybe some lengths of matches. Sure. And a couple spots that I think go overkill. Sure. But the crowd will eat that up. It's a very smart move for them to make that their home turf, a la how the WWE does with Madison Square Garden. And, yeah. You know, there's certain towns that they go to, and that is WWE territory. This can be something for AEW to really focus on. And with Daniel Bryan, too, this opens up a lot of opportunities to get fans watching the product because that is one thing we've always been very crucial about. AEW prides themselves mm-hmm. on oh we're the largest number in the demographic and we like to we're make the sure. alternative yeah I mean depending on what Kool Aid you're drinking that day the message has always been that they are so focused on their numbers and their demographic that they need to hit this yeah and especially being on Wednesday night unopposed now yep they need to consistently be over a million views to really be taken seriously in comparison to WWE. Now, I know a lot of people are going to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. They, you know, they've been doing that. And I granted, they have. They've had some fluctuation, though. Yeah. That's the key point. Consistently, it hasn't been hitting the mark. Yeah. However, if you get Daniel Bryan in there, oh, you'll hit that. Oh, yeah. It, Easily. You, oh, yeah, you'll hit that. And I know some of the AEW marks are probably screaming at their speakers right now. SmackDown went down in ratings this week. Calm down. The Olympic opening ceremonies were getting replayed because, well, got spoiler alert. 
seven o'clock on the east isn't the middle of the night and isn't that point in Japan, you know, time differences. They were reshowing mm-hmm. the Olympic opening ceremonies in in you know a lot of people are always going to watch that. So, yeah, that's why they went down. Plus did the rating drop below 2? No. Uh, no. When the rating drops below 2, I'd be a little worrisome. I'll say when when the AEW number starts getting near 2, then I'll start getting then I'd be concerned if I'm WWE. I wouldn't be so concerned, but I think that that is something to be a big win for AEW because now it seems like you're getting somewhat established. I don't want to say established because they are who they are. But to find their true groove, mm-hmm. they got to be really hitting those numbers. Because that's, that's, what, they, that's yeah. what they hype about. Oh, I know. Yeah, they're all about the numbers. But the, and, and their kind of you know issue they have is, yeah, they're new. And, yeah, they can open up a lot of people's eyes to the product. But at the same time, it's the same issue any wrestling company has when you have talent that is from the indies. They're bringing in a pre-existing fan base. Mm-hmm. You know, you're bringing in a fan base from the elite. You know, former bull, sure. former Bullet Club. You're bringing in a fan base of you know Alistair Blacks and and Rusev's and all the you know the Christian Cages. You know, and all those folks and and everybody else on the, on that roster. You know. Uh, that it was on the indies. And then once they started doing the work with Impact, you were bringing in the folks that watch Impact that really didn't give AEW the time of day. In New Japan, you're getting all the folks from from New Japan over in Japan watching. Mm -hmm. You know, that works, but it's only going to work for so long. You have to come up with new ways to bring people in. Yeah, and this is a smart move to do. Brian is one of the biggest superstars in all pro wrestling. This would be a huge move, and especially if they book him right, and that's going to be another factor too. It'll be a bump in their if if it ends up being true. It'll be a bump in their ratings for a few weeks. But the big question is, can you sustain it? Because the night he debuts, let's just say it's on a pay per view. It's on their next pay per view at the end of the show, a la Moxley. Mm-hmm. That next dynamite is going to do massive numbers, and the Kool Aid drinkers are going to scream it from the top of Everest. You know, oh my God, look at the ratings! Look at the ratings! And folks are going to go, yeah, the ratings are huge. It was Brian. It was Brian Danielson's first appearance on aw television and for the next couple of weeks yeah the ratings are going to be high but can you sustain that that's the big x factor and i hope for them they do i mean i really want to see this company succeed i know i do rip into them a lot and a lot of it has to do with the toxicity that certain fans are doing uh-huh. and that's a big turnoff but i do want to see what this company can do if it's going to be the true alternative that they were touting at one point Obviously, the message of what the vision of AEW is is very skewed. It is. Yeah. So that being said, bringing in Daniel Bryan would be huge. You can definitely plug him in. Him against Kenny Omega is a dream match that you've seen on the indies before. But, you know, this is something that we now get to see on a large-scale audience. So this is something that we definitely want to dig into and really get behind if you're AEW. But do it right and do it smart. Because if it's a quick bump in the roster, sure. But sustaining is another issue. Yeah. The other big signee that is allegedly is one CM Punk. That's big. So, Pat, why don't you give us your thoughts on this? Uh, that's that's a little surprising just because I kind of believe that we were at a point where he wasn't really going to come back, that he kind of hit that age where, you know, it's, it's like what you hear with football players a lot, that, like, you get a football player who retires – and in the first couple of months, especially when you get close to training camp and then the regular season, they really mess it. They really, they, like, the wife almost has to hide the keys to prevent them from going back. Mm-hmm. You know, I know Michael Strahan has said it before. 
you know, but then eventually you get enough time away where it's like, you know what? I really don't miss the grind. I really don't miss the two a days. I really don't miss the practices and getting up early and studying this and studying that. You can make a lot of those comparisons and draw a lot of connections from that to pro wrestling. You know, I'm sure I imagine guys like Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, you know, Shawn Michaels, you know, have all Bret Hart, you know, uh, Diamond Dallas Page, you know, have all in the in the couple of months after they quote unquote retired, Mm. all had that urge to go back. I'm sure a lot of them still do have the urge to go back. But I think for a lot of them, they hit a point where they're like, yeah. I miss it, but I don't. I miss, you know, they miss the crowds, but they don't miss the work and the hurt and the pain and the this and the that. I thought Punk might have been there. That like it's now been ten, uh, what five, six, seven, eight years. Twenty fourteen was his last match in WWE. So it's been seven years, you know, seven and a half years since his last match. Now, who knows? Maybe he worked an indie show that wasn't on TV. Well, I don't know. But I thought he might have been at that point where it's like he might miss the crowd, he might miss the fun and the buzz and the and the pops, but didn't really miss the work. That and and Lord knows he's talented enough in that and other ventures to where he really doesn't need pro wrestling. He could go do other stuff. Well, the thing about CM Punk, which if our listening audience isn't familiar with, was the biggest star in pro wrestling for a short window of time in the WWE, mm-hmm. I should say. I mean, when he became champion and Pat alluded to his Money in the Bank match uh, against John Cena and the great storyline they did there yeah. where on his last night on contract, if he won the belt, he was walking away with the WWE title after dropping the most infamous promo in all of pro wrestling history, the to, pipe bomb. To where they still reference it to this day. Exactly. He has been a legend wherever he's gone. And obviously, if you know his work in Ring of Honor Mm -hmm. amongst the indies, you know CM Punk is definitely a name in the sport. Oh, yeah. And when he did walk away from WWE in 2014, it was with a lot of controversy. He definitely wasn't happy at their time. You can definitely go into a few different podcasts and hear about that. Oh, yeah. It's well documented. It's very well documented. He was not happy with WWE. so Court cases about it. Yep. And he went home. Yeah. And he did dabble a little bit in the UFC, did not go his way. Didn't he try? Didn't he write comics too as well? Yeah, he did a little work for Marvel Comics. believe yeah. he wrote Drax yeah. at one point. Uh, so he's definitely been somebody that keeps himself busy. Yeah. So to see him come back, which, I mean, he's kind of had the itch, as it always happens with wrestlers sure. we hear about, as you talked sure. about, when they walk away, there's always something about coming back. We Last we heard, he was working on the Stephen Amell Heels show. Yep. Yep. The, was like, I th- I'm not sure if he's going to be on the show, but I, he's at least a consulting talent on the show when it comes to the wrestling aspect. Exactly. So we thought when we heard about that that there was a possibility, but it would be where would he end up? Would he go yeah. back to WWE and see where everything was at that point? Or would he try going to AEW, which we heard the first time around, allegedly did not go anywhere in, in contract talks. Right. So to hear that the deal is done allegedly, and we, allegedly. I want to stress that because AEW, unfortunately, has had the track record that we think that they have somebody signed, and sometimes it doesn't happen. Jeff um, Cobb is one name that comes right to mind. Yeah, I mean, we are pressed with AEW until we get a press release from AEW saying he is signed. I ain't believing it. Exactly. So if he does show up in the ring, that is a huge win kind of like for with, AEW. Kind of like with Star Wars news for me. Rumors are cool and fun, but until I see it on StarWars.com, I don't believe it. Yeah, so to see him debut in a ring in AEW would be huge. That is a game changer. Oh, yeah. There's no question. Oh, yeah. None. 
But to see where he goes from here and how the fan base, I think AEW would be definitely ready for him. Yeah. But to see where he goes storyline-wise, because if that's a big driver for him to come back, sure, there's a lot of different matches he could go with. Sure. Obviously, Kenny Omega's one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he, with Cody Rhodes, if eh, that's something. I don't think so. But for Punk, if he's coming back, it's for a reason, and he definitely wants to go. And obviously, being where he is now that he's done the UFC, he's done a couple other projects. The last time we saw him in WWE was on the backstage show on yep. Uh, FS1. Yep. So Which he, that wasn't even officially WWE. That was more Fox. Yeah, that was more Fox and WWE. But still, to see him kind of just slowly be still hovering around, and he still moves the needle. And that's oh, the yeah. one thing that we really have to stress about. Him and Brian are both needle movers. They were they were trending like within the top five in the U.S. for a good couple of days. Oh, absolutely. This is why these moves are so big for AEW that they have to land them. I mean, yeah. you think about it. If they somehow don't land this, I mean, this has been the talk about pro wrestling fans. For a good week now, mm-hmm. this has been dominating everything. That if they do not debut in an AEW ring, there's going to be a lot of questions getting raised. Yeah, and and even if they are with W uh, AEW, you know they sign with AEW again. I keep bringing this up with every signee that company makes. There are only so many times you can cut up a piece of pie. Pick your mm-hmm. favorite pie: cherry, blueberry, apple, peach, mm-hmm. pecan, whatever. Um, there's only so many times you can cut up a piece of pie before the piece, the slice almost gets not worth eating. Yeah. And there are a lot of marquee big names on that roster, some more so than others, Mm -hmm. but there are still a lot of big name main event type guys and girls on that roster and not a lot of mid card guys. Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson and Phil Brooks, CM Punk are not mid-card guys. Facts. They are main event guys. They are the, they, you know, CM Punk is the Roman Reigns type where it's he's main eventing or he ain't in it at all. Mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan will do whatever the hell you tell him to, but let's face it, he's a main eventer. Yeah. You know, that's the issue I continuously have with this company is these big names are great, but this is essentially like playing your favorite sports game, going to a franchise mode, turning off the budgets for turning on force trades and making a super team. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like the one year where I, I played an MLB game. I put Albert Pujols in. Now, this is like 2007, 2008, just for con- context. I put, you know, Albert Pujols at first. I put, you know, I, I put all the best players on the team just because I could, because it was fun. This is essentially what I feel like AEW is doing. Well, they're being smart because they got to get some talent there because, like I say, the rumor, the, the perception is, I should say instead, that they can't land the big free agents. And like I said, we've seen time and time again when we think somebody's going to sign there and they don't. And for whatever reason, it doesn't happen. Samoa Joe is another example. Sure. Everybody thought when he got released that he was locked and loaded AEW, and then sure, sure enough, it didn't happen. I mean, the, the but my thing with that is, and some this might be what some people think, yeah, you have creative freedom, and yeah, you're kind of given an open book to do whatever the hell you want, but to somebody who watches AEW about as much as I do non-NXT stuff, which mm. I really don't watch Raw much these days other than maybe the opening and I catch the highlights. Sure. I don't get to watch SmackDown all that much because I'm busy on Friday nights. Like I've said before, I watch NXT because NXT is my favorite show right now. But, you know, I, I don't watch AEW, but I keep up on it. I, I see the stuff on Reddit. Raw, SmackDown, I know what the main story is. I know, you know, guy and girl. I know what kind of the, the you know the sub stories are, the kind of you know the main co main event stories are, and from there I can kind of see the I can kind of build that hierarchy in my head of like the order of importance for these shows. 
I could not tell you the main fucking thing with AEW. And it, and for me, it's hard to keep track of. Well, that's another problem that we've, we've said numerous times on here and on 607 TWS. They don't have that one person in charge mm-hmm. that is organizing this where everything is lined up that's easy for viewers to jump in yeah. and see. That you have, obviously have Kenny Omega's storyline going on right yeah. now. You have Cody doing Cody things. You yeah. have the Bucks doing their own. Like, it's just kind of... When the inmates are running the asylum, sometimes mm-hmm. it just is, becomes very blurry. Yep. That I think that with Brian and, and Punk going there now, they know what they're going into. I mean, this has been well established about AEW that they know what they're seeing on TV. This is the environment you're going in. Maybe they're going to be somebody that can come in and fix things, which would be huge. I'm not saying they're going to be the head bookers by any means. No. But at least they have enough creative knowledge that they could really steer the ship into a good direction. And especially if young talent is there, they can listen. The sky is the limit for where they could go. Yeah. The only problem that I see with this is yet again we're bringing in two main eventers like you touched upon. Yep. And for being a company that was touting themselves as the new alternative, two more former WWE guys. It's well, it, yes and no. I mean, they are, and that's where everybody knows them. But obviously, you know, the indies they do have that certain buzz about them as well. So, like I say, I always say I wouldn't say they got released and they're on their way. Right. But this is another situation where you have two main eventers coming in. And for a company that was supposed to be the new alternative, I think it's struggling to develop those new stars a la Adam Page. Yeah. MJF. It's not a good look. Orange Cassidy. And, and I know the situations are slightly different than Aleister Black or whatever his name is. Sure. Now, and, and Miro. But still, if you look at their resume, the last listed uh, employer on the wrestling section for both of these guys, WWE. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how they balance out. I have my suspicions about when everybody's debuting, if they are. CM Punk will debut at All Out. Yeah, I will say if CM Punk is signed with that company, he ain't debuting nowhere else but Chicago. Yes, that is as much of a lock as I could ever give if he's signed. Brian is wherever the story would make sense. Brian, see, this is where it's going to lead into the other big news from AEW. Mm -hmm. And last week I didn't get a chance to watch live, but... Oh, my God, did I mark out the minute I jumped on Twitter when I had a second to. Meh. I know you say meh because you don't watch GCW as much as I do. I say meh just to get you riled up. Yeah. Well, okay, so I want your honest opinion about this move. We saw MJF is now doing this labors. Uh, he's putting Chris Jericho through to fight him. Right. Because the, right. the one thing that, like, listen, the storyline should have been done months ago and that's this whole inner circle versus mjf's faction the pinnacle they've had two blow off matches and the feud is still going on i don't know i don't get it i don't like it it is what it is but now they're doing this thing where mjf is now putting chris jericho through stages to get to him sure first match was against sean spears member of the pinnacle okay so we kind of figured that and then mjf comes out and says well you are ready for labor number two and he starts cutting this promo about a man who stabbed somebody in the jugular. Mm-hmm. And then he talked about somebody robbing a bank without a mask. Yeah. And immediately when I heard that, I yelled where I was, oh, my fucking God, it's Nick Gage. And then lo and behold, who comes out on AEW television than the man, the king, the god of this shit, Nick effing Gage represents GCW. And if you're not familiar with Nick Gage, 
He hides your pizza cutters. He is the one of the greatest deathmatch wrestlers you'll ever see in your life. He is charismatic. And then look no further than the amazing event that was GCW Homecoming this weekend. I can't stress this enough. Him against Matt Cardona, formerly known as Zack Ryder, had to be one of the most intense fan reactions from start to finish I have ever witnessed in all my years of pro wrestling. Sure. They played it up perfectly. Storyline-wise, it made sense. And holy crap. If you don't think Nick Gage is a needle mover, you have not been watching pro wrestling. Because trust me, the minute he hit the stage and he came out with the pizza cutter, I tell you what, the internet fans that know him lost their minds. So now this week is a no disqualification match on AEW television mm-hmm. between Chris Jericho and Nick Gage. And if I see light bulbs come out, I am going to mark out like you are not ready for Nick Gage. So, Pat, I want your honest reaction. What is your thoughts about Nick Gage debuting on AEW? I mean, it's good for him and it's good for the company. I mean, say this. If he does end up signing with them, because I don't think he's signed with them. He's just no. appearing. If he does end up signing with them, uh, they will not botch the shit out of that match Kenny Omega had like they did the one time. No. They... Where, the, where the ring was supposed to explode and it was just sparklers. Uh, Nick Gage will not let that happen. No. Uh, he will personally oversee making sure everything looks good. No, I mean, it's good for him. It's good for them. Uh, we're about to find out how comfortable uh, the brass at TNT and Turner Broadcasting are with, with uh, wrestling. Uh, if he is given any, if if half the stories are true about the creative freedom those wrestlers are given in that company, we're about to find out how comfortable and how quick they cut the feet on that show. Yeah, this is going to be absolutely wild. I am locked and loaded. I will be watching AEW the minute that thing drops. I usually do on Wednesdays, but I am making sure I'm in front of a TV because when Nick Gage comes out, trust me, the internet is going to lose their mind. I don't know. I like I said, I don't think he's going to be signing a contract with him. However, if he did, more power to him. Yeah. Because as long as he can still do GCW, I would be perfectly fine with it. But this is going to be something for the record books. I love Nick Gage. I cannot wait to see him come on this show. This is going to be a big win. But this goes ties into my next uh, factor. With Jericho now going through these tribulations, and I think, unfortunately, he's going to beat Nick. Sure. I think it could be some shenanigans because in GCW, he is feuding somewhat with John Moxley, okay. who has came in and they've renewed some past CZW history. Sure. So you might see him come in. You might see Matt Cardona, who defeated Nick Gage for the GCW title, albeit with help. Yeah. That could happen because, obviously, the Forbidden Door thing with Impact. Well, and especially Cardona's got a working relationship with the guys over at AEW. Yeah, they're, they're, he's going to win by shenanigans. And then I would love to see Nick Gage come back in, but I don't know what the future is going to hold there. I think at the end of the day, you're going to see Daniel Bryan be the fifth or the final match to get to Jericho. Okay. I think you're definitely going to see that. I don't know a timetable when they're going to do because they're kind of like on a different schedule for right. when they're lining up events. Right. But I am going to say this. I think before it's all said and done, you see Daniel Bryan be the last hurdle to get to Jericho. Can you imagine if it's just like generic countdown and then he come, the lights dim and he's wearing the light-up jacket? Oh, That'd be funny. That'd be amazing. I, Obviously, you couldn't use you know break the walls down because hey, that's copyrighted. But whatever Brian wants to come out to, just do. You can do a countdown. That's not copyrighted by WWE. He can wear a lighted jacket because I'm probably sure WWE doesn't have that copyrighted. I'm going to tell you this: if he comes out to the final countdown, oh my god, the internet's going to lose their shit. That'd be funny. It's going to happen. Like, Europe would appreciate the bump. 
Yeah, I, I, that's the minute I thought and I mean, of. And I mean the band, not the country. Yeah. TK might be making that happen. There is a lot to be happy about if you're AEW right now. I got to say that. If, but I'm hoping the two signings are true because I think that would be a good shot in the arm to them. Long term, I just I don't know because, yet again, you have two main eventers coming in. There's only so much television time. And I don't care what you say about the internet shows. We're talking TV. Yeah. You have three hours to play with once Rampage debuts. There's only so many spots to go around for everybody. Yeah. So how do you balance that out? You have a lot, a lot of great final battles of a movie. You know, you need to build up to those, though. Yeah. So this is going to be a wild scenario that is happening, and obviously with those two gentlemen joining the company, it could be anybody's guess. And then allegedly, allegedly, and then to see Nick Gage on TV this week, we know that's a lock. Him coming back, give it to me, give it to me, please. Uh, I will be marking out for. A lot of win for AEW this week. But definitely hit us up on the hashtag, hashtag ODPH. What are your thoughts about AEW's moves? Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, Nick Gage, all rumored to be appearing or are scheduled to appear on AEW television. Give us your thoughts. You love the moves. Do you hate the moves? Let's talk about that, shall we? We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, all. I'm Frank. Join me and my friends as we talk about all things geek. Here at Geek Freaks Podcast, we go over the weekly news of everything in geekdom. From movies to TV, to video games, and comic books. We also have a growing YouTube community. Join us as we go over everything in your geek life and share in the love of geekdom. Coming back for the final segment on this edition of the ODPH Podcast. Pad, what you got? I uh, got a little bit of local minute. Uh, as we look at the Binghamton Rumble Pony schedule, they are out of town this week uh, playing a series out in Hartford. But fear not, uh, they do return home for a very long homestand. Uh, starting on August the 3rd, they're playing a one two, three, four, five, six, seven game series. Wow. Uh, against the Portland Sea Dogs. Uh, Wednesday night, the August 4th being a doubleheader uh, because one of them is a makeup from a game in uh, back in June. Uh, and then they're off on Monday the 9th. Uh, and then they follow that up with another homestand against Hartford. Uh, for more information and promo deals and ticket information, bingrp.com. And also, definitely, yeah, if I can say that again, I'll say it again. Definitely want to give a plug to Excite Wrestling. Yeah. They have their big reopening, Sorry We're Open, happening August 7th. I love the name of that. Uh-huh. Uh, definitely stacking that card, and it's kicking off fans back in the X. It's been far too long. You know we're going to be down there supporting them. They got a lot of stuff lined up. I mean, I'm not privy to say on the air, but let's just say. The X is going to give it to you. They are definitely going to give it to you. It's a big week there at the X, too, because they're good friends over at Second Suitor playing the night before. Yeah. It's going to be a wild time. They're about about to test the volume uh, uh, levels in the the mall there and see how loud they can get before security has issue with it. Yeah, so this is going to be a very interesting time to be down at the X, so you definitely want to go down and support. Tickets are on sale now. More information, ExciteWrestling.com, or hit hit them up on their Facebook page. They are more responsive on there, so definitely want to give those guys a plug. Johnny Moose will not be here for the August show, but he did say book him for September. Uh Uh-oh. So you know when Moose is in the studio, we're going to get a lot of information. So Get your slushies and cheeseburgers ready. Exactly, folks. A lot of good stuff happening there. 
So let's go around the bases and take the show home, Pad. Yeah, I got to talk about uh, some college football because some surprising realignment news came out of uh, the college football world. What was it, over the weekend? Yeah. Something like that? Uh, that Oklahoma, the Boomer Sooner, uh, and and uh, University of Texas, you know, hook them horns, uh, were looking at leaving the Big 12 and joining the SEC. Uh, and they did notify uh, the Big 12 that they were ending their media rights uh, with said uh, entity. Although the Texas one confuses me because they have their own thing with ESPN. It's a yeah, it's it's complicated. The that one might be the easiest one to figure because the SEC network is with ESPN. The big the the Texas network is with ESPN. But they got argue rights and Oy. like it, it's it's a messy situation. But it, like on paper, it should be a smooth transition. All I know, lawyers are getting paid. Yep. <laughs> uh, but we come today and uh, reading from an article on ESPN.com. Oklahoma and Texas have formally notified the SEC they are seeking an invitation for membership beginning July 1st, 2025, according to a joint statement from the flagship programs of the Big 12. According to the release, OU and Texas sent SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey their request Tuesday morning. Quote, the two universities look forward to the prospect of discussion regarding the matter, uh, the statement said. According to the letter, which was dated July 27th and made public, Texas President Jay Hartzell and Oklahoma President Joseph Haraz Jr. wrote, quote, We believe that there would be mutual benefit to the universities on the one hand and the SEC on the other hand for the universities to become members of the SEC, close quote. Sources said the SEC presidents and chancellors are meeting Thursday to consider OU and Texas for official membership in what would become the first 16-team super conference. In spite of, uh, in, in spite of the formal mo- notifications from the Big 12 schools, a source familiar with the process cautioned that it still doesn't guarantee the SEC will vote at that time. A three-fourths majority vote of SEC presidents and chancellors, or 11 of 14, would be required for invitations to be extended. Sources previously told ESPN that it's believed enough SEC schools will vote to add two new members. Quote, while the SEC has not proactively sought new members, we will pursue significant change when there is clear consensus among our members that such actions will further enrich the experience of our student athletes and lead to greater academic and athletic achievements across our campuses, Sankey said in a statement. The presidents and chancellors of the SEC in their capacity as the conference's chief executive officers will consider these requests in the near future, close quote. Layman's terms, we're looking to make some goddamn money. Yeah, everybody's getting paid on this one. This is absolutely wild, though. Academic benefits and please. You're the, looking for a cut of that pie. The college sports world is ran by football. Let's be It's ran by money. Let, well, you know, it's ran by money obviously, but let's be honest. Football runs the sporting world, and college football dictates everything. This is why we had basketball conferences get broke up. True. Because everybody needed a real line because of football. So for this, it's a game changer because Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC. That'd be big. Oh, it's huge. Like, what conference is coming close to them? Sorry. None. Nobody is coming. Like, the only thing I could see happening and. I know everybody's going to be like, what are you talking about? Is if Ohio State and Michigan decided to want to roll in there too. This is crazy to put this super conference together. I hate it when they're doing this because geographically nothing really makes sense, but no. we're just doing this because we want the most elite football conference. This will happen. I mean, you already have it with the SEC right now as yeah. it is. I mean, you, you almost have to take 
the Big Ten and the Big Twelve and put them together. Yeah, something like it's just it's it's insane. It's insane, and now, like I say, there's there's so much money going around about this too. I mean, that's the I mean, obviously that's the big factor holding everything. Oh no, up. yeah, it, it's money because I'm sorry they can sit there and and they can say that it's all oh, for the academic the academic benefits and and the oh, you know well here it is uh, academic ben- academic and athletic benefits. Bull fucking shit! If you're buying that, I got a boat to sell you. One is not like the other, folks. Let me just say that for they're this not deal. they're not doing it for the athletes. They're not doing it for the, the academic benefits of the SEC. The SEC don't give academic benefits. The freaking college does. Mm-hmm. You know, they SEC ain't got jack shit to do with that. They're doing it for the money. Yeah, because it's they're be... reading the dollar signs and they're seeing. They probably see the spreadsheets of what the SEC's making. They go. Holy shit, we went in on that. Well, when you have the most elite football conference in all of American football sports, of course you want in. Have I mean, fun playing Alabama and LSU and all those other ones it, twice a year. Exactly. So that's a big conference move for them. It ain't gonna make it. Ain't gonna give them any better guarantee to get into the college football playoff, even if they do expand. No, uh, that's the only thing. I mean, it's it's a win win for the ratings and uh, the competition. Because I mean, these are two prized football powerhouses. It's like when it's like when Syracuse left the Big East and went to the ACC. Okay, cool. It looks good for you. You still got to face UNC and Duke, yeah, Van Virginia, and Lord knows everybody else. Yeah, I missed the old Big East when it was real basketball in there. Yeah. I'm sorry, like the product now, not exactly the same. But for those two teams to join the SEC, we'll have to wait and see. But that's a big move if yeah. it go if it all goes through. A lot of a lot of paperwork needs to get done yeah. for that one. So for mine, uh, a couple quick things. One, got to talk a little UFC. Okay. So we finally have a date for Kamaro Usman and Colby Covington 2. Spoiler alert, it's not soon enough. No, it's definitely not soon enough. It's looking that it's going to be the main event right now of UFC 268 in November, and it's rumored to be at Madison Square Garden. And we should note, UFC 267 is not going to be pay-per-view. It's going to be on ESPN or ESPN+. Plus. Some combination of the two. That's wild. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that they haven't finalized dates moving in. But the date has been agreed upon that it will be the headliner for UFC 268. So more information about that coming. Uh, one of the most anticipated rematches of all time. And... Colby Covington is going to get absolutely destroyed. I am not. Probably. I'm not picking against Kamaru Usman. No way. No. I think this is going to be an open and shut case. Do you think the Do you think when the money line opens closer to fight time, because money line's going to open if it's not already? Do you think that'll be like the biggest money line spread of all time? No. I think that Covington's record definitely will keep him in the conversation to keep it close. He's sure. only he's 16 and two. And, I mean, his loss is Kamaru Usman, who's 19-1. and one. So, for the Vegas line there, I think it'll be, God, I, I, like I want to say maybe somewhere around like the minus 300 plus 175 range. So, sure. Something like that. Don't don't officially quote me on that. Sure. I, I don't, I don't bookmake. I just read them. So, when we get closer to the fight, we'll get something around there. But I could see Usman being a favorite because last time uh, he nearly killed the man. Broke his jaw. Facts. It was it was very one sided. I don't know how Covington's going to top him on this one. I just see Usman trying to finish this one in definitive fashion. But the last time he did, I mean, he broke the man's jaw. I don't know how much more definitive you can get. This is true. And if you haven't seen the one um, media skirmish they had, where <laughs> it was the scariest thing I've seen, how quickly Usman went from zero to one hundred real fast. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yo. Uh-huh. Uh, like I say, this is going to be a fight to watch, definitely. And a very quick uh, recap. This past week was a UFC fight night with TJ Dillashaw yeah. defeating Corey Sanhagen Good for by him. split decision. I, I don't agree with this. I do not agree with this at all. I'm with common man Vince Iatoli from Crow's Nest MMA because he immediately texted me during this because I was watching GCW, so I didn't get a chance to watch it. I did see the replay. Sure. Sanhagen was robbed, in my uh, opinion. See, I didn't see this. It, it was split decision um, with 48-47 going choice to Dillashaw. did not agree with that. I thought it was more Sanhagen dominated the fight. Sure. In my opinion. No, but That's why we always say, don't leave it in the judges' hands. Exactly. So a lot of UFC to kind of talk about as we're going into the latter half of the year. But we have to close this edition of the UDPH out talking a little basketball. Uh-huh. Because first and foremost, Shout congrats- out Scott Foster. Yes. Congratulations out to the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. In impressive fashion, to say the least. Yeah. Let's say shout out to uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, for one of the funniest moments I've seen in recent memory in a press conference. Oh, break it down. Well, somebody, I don't know who the reporter was, brought up a quote uh, that I guess Giannis had said years ago where he said, oh, you know, I'm not going to consider leaving until, you know, Milwaukee until I win a championship. And Giannis, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, went, oh, yeah, I did I did uh, say that. And he looks at, you know, whoever the, the public relations person with the team is there, the, you know, the person that runs the Q&A, looks at them and goes, how do I make a trade request? Who do I got to talk to? Let's let's get this going. Yeah, no, he was great in the post-fight uh, post conference. It was a fight because it was very much him throwing jabs the entire night, dropping 50 in the game. Yeah, and, but and then I, he went to, what, Chick-fil-A and ordered 50 nugs? Yep. But I do Chick Fil A jump on that. I I know they should if they don't take advantage of this, they're failing miserably. I do love what he said about a super team though. That was some shots fired. Uh huh. I don't need a super team. I could go there, sure. I could go there and win easy and just play a part. But I want to do it the hard way, and we did. Arguably the first non super team to win since what Dallas? Yeah. God bless him. I I'm sorry. I love that mentality. Give it to me all day. And then we go into the offseason now with yeah. the NBA. Yeah, so uh, we got some dates that were announced uh, from the NBA uh, Communications Twitter account, which is at NBA PR. Uh, won't read all the details. I'll just give you kind of some of the important parts. Uh, on August 2nd, so that is this coming Monday, teams can begin negotiating with free agents at 6 p.m. Eastern time, so you can expect wall-to-wall coverage on your favorite sporting television show. Uh, that following Friday, so that's August 6th, teams can begin signing free agents at 12.01 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, the Summer League is taking place from August 8th through the 17th. Training camp begins September 28th. Regular season starts on October 19th. Uh, the season ends on April 10th. The play-in tournament is back this year. Uh, mm. The play-in tournament is taking place April 12th through the 15th. Uh, the playoffs begin officially on April 16th. NBA Finals start on June 2nd. Game 7, if necessary, takes place on June 19th. And then the NBA Draft is on uh, June 23rd. Noticeably absent, and a lot of people are in the mentions of the uh, NBA Public Relations Twitter account. When's the All-Star game? Don't know. But it's uh, noticeably absent from that list. Cross that bridge, we get to it. Yeah, small steps. Yeah, small steps. But as Pat alluded to, though, coming up this week mm-hmm. is the NBA draft. Yeah. So this is definitely going to be a little. Well, I mean, you talked about last year's draft or next year's draft, I should yeah. say. Yeah. But this year, yeah, is coming up this Thursday. A lot of stuff has happened in there. I mean, obviously, it's a time where teams. Can make or break a team, per se. I um, mean, Let's face it, most of us just watch for the reaction of the fans. Yeah, exactly, because after the number one pick, it's always kind of... Crapshoot? Yeah, to put it mildly. We'll yeah. say, let's not forget, 2003, LeBron James, number one overall. No, number three, uh, what was it? Was it Carmelo? I think, I think it was Carmelo. 
number two, Darko Milicic, who went yep. where? Uh, Detroit. No. Yeah, well, I he, know. Went, he went to Detroit, but he really didn't go anywhere Ex- with his career. Exactly. It's kind of a boomer bust, and it just depends on who wants to really put the work in and really take their game to the next level. I mean, this year is pretty much cut and dry who the number one pick is going to be, and that's Cade Cunningham from Oklahoma State, the point guard, going to Detroit, who's got the number one pick. That's the easiest lock. But after that, it's really kind of up in the air where everybody's going. There's a lot of guards that are going to be in here. I know that they're talking really high about the Jalen Green yeah. kid. I mean, he's definitely a baller. He can definitely go shoot out the lights. Jalen Suggs, same thing from Gonzaga. Yeah, you got a bunch of teams talking about trying to move up in the draft. I know that I've heard. I think I've heard the Knicks name get thrown around. Golden State as well. Golden State is the one that I think is very intriguing because currently they are scheduled at 7. Uh, yes. So yes. I could see them making a run because if they really want to go get somebody, yeah. That's the place to do it. Yeah, so the top, I'll just say top 15. Sure. Top 15 uh, draft picks uh, as they are in order. Number one, you've got the Detroit Pistons. Two, the Houston Rockets. Three, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Because let's face it, they always get the top five pick. Sure. Uh, Number four, the Toronto Raptors. Five, the Orlando Magic. Six, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Seven is the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Eight is the Orlando Magic. Nine is the Sacramento Kings. Ten is the Memphis Grizzlies. Eleven is the Charlotte Hornets. 12 is the San Antonio Spurs. God, it's weird seeing them up that high. I know. Uh, 13 is the Indiana Pacers. 14 is the Golden State Warriors again. Uh, And then 15 is the Washington Wizards. And it should be noted the Knicks are picking at 19. Yep. So this is going to be an interesting draft. Like, I honestly don't know what's going to happen. The only thing I could say is a lock is Cunningham is going number one. I, I don't see anybody passing on him. Wouldn't be the first time some real shenanigans happened at this draft, though. Oh, I definitely could see something happen. And that's why I say I, I don't doubt if Golden State's in love with somebody. Sure. Them moving their picks up to go higher in the draft. Maybe a number three with Cleveland, possibly. But it, it all depends on like who they really need to replace. Because, I mean... We do know Steph and Clay are not getting any younger. Yeah, Draymond, well, we, yeah, especially with Clay coming back from yet another injury. Yeah, I mean, if they're really in love about getting a guard, I mean, it is a pretty guard-heavy draft. Mm-hmm. It just depends on who they want to go get and if they think the player is up that high. I mean, I, I think I think they need to get somebody to back up Clay because let's face it, he's had two injuries in two years. Yeah, you know, you don't come back a hundred percent from those type of injuries. Exactly. You know, the, the the limb and the ligaments and the tendons and all that only get a little bit weaker. Yeah, so I could definitely see them making some moves. I mean, honestly, I think Houston definitely needs to be smart about their draft. I think if they're not, that could be an issue too. I know the Knicks got two picks in this draft too. Yep. So this could be a lot of crazy things. I know uh, I definitely have to plug the one came from Dallas. Yeah. So uh, you know that's Coach Duffy and my favorite pick. I don't get, I, even though it's the lesser one, we don't mind. Uh, but – Additional picks or additional picks? Additional picks or additional picks, but it's a little sweet with that one. Shout out Brooklyn, uh, 27th pick. Uh, Yeah. So we'll see what they wind up getting. I mean, like I said, there's a lot of different ways they could go about this. So I don't know who to pick. Otherwise, I think the Knicks are going to be very smart about it. I trust everything Leon Rose has done thus far. You look at their their track record the last couple of years with draftees and, and free agent signings. You know, you, you got to trust what they're doing. Yeah, I, I fully trust what Leon Rose is doing, so I'm not even second-guessing anything right now. Unless they try doing some crazy move with those picks to go get Damon Lillard. I could see that. That'd be good. Not saying it's going to happen, but I don't doubt they're going to throw drafts and they're going to throw players in, possibly 
Toppin. And yeah, I mean, if, if they go for any of the big-name players, they're going to have to put in draft picks. Yeah, and you know what? If they have to, like as much as I hate to see them break up the team, they they got to do something. Mm-hmm. But like I said, yeah, fully trust what Leon Rose is doing, so he does no wrong in my eyes. But we'll have to wait to see what happens Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, ESPN and ABC, I believe. Uh, yeah, be, I think so. They're going to be doing a prime time, so hey, more power to it. So definitely make sure to hit us up on social media. Give us your picks, who your team is going to be taking in the NBA draft, because we like to compare. And you know Coach Duffy's going to be hitting that Twitter pretty hard on that day. So at Coach Duffy 11 and definitely you know our guy JT from the East Coast Avengers is going to be hitting that well, Twitter so coach, hard. Coach will probably be live tweeting the NBA draft, but like with the NFL draft, get your questions into him before the Knicks pick, because depending on how that goes, it could be over with trying to get a straight answer out of him. Yeah, the feed could go go off very very quickly just saying but that all being said the music you heard on this edition of the odph is that of brian wolf he's our good friend out of texas he's got a lot of stuff going on i can't talk about it i wish i could but pad where do i go to find out about him? odphpodcast.com right on you swing on over the music section you check out everything going on with brian everything going on with shout at the robots everything going on with second suitor like we touched upon they are playing the x on august 6th and the 607 you can go check out Floodlands, who are playing a gig in town, too, as well, later in August. A lot of our local friends are playing some shows out, so you definitely want to go out and support them if you're in the 607. If not, go buy their music on Bandcamp, support their Patreons. They're fantastic people. Like Tom Jolo, I know he's got some, a lot of stuff going on, too, so you definitely want to go pick up the new album. It's fantastic. That, Yard Party, all, that, all the great bands you hear on the show, definitely go support them. But while you're at the ODPH website, you swing on over to The Classifieds. It has friends of the show. It has organizational links supporting Black Lives Matter. It has all our great pod groups represented in there via the Podchaser pages. So definitely shout out to the Apocalypse. Shout out to Inner Circle. And of course, shout out to 607 Podcast. And our friends back from Jersey in one piece pad, Rich Diesel, along with Ron and Mike C. And trust us, they have a lot going on the Patreon. I can't even get into it. I wish I could. I can't. I'm just going to leave you with patreon.com slash 8122productions. All of that new parlay points blogs out this week. Got new comic reviews dropping. If you're into that, maybe I'll have a reaction piece to Nick Gage on AEW this week. We'll have to see. But I'll be on Twitter talking about that. All that and so much more. ODPHpodcast.com. That's all I got for this week. So for the one and only Padawan J. Fuck the Astros. I'm your host, Ken M. Thank you, as always, for listening to the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. See you next time.